we're going to talk a little bit about the faith of courageous generosity, okay? What are we talking about here? My definition here of courageous generosity is simply this. It's, a, it's about a heart. It's about an attitude. Come on. The attitude that confronts adversity. It doesn't matter what I'm facing if I'm going to be a cheerful giver. Come on. It doesn't matter. With a spirit of liberality, open-handedness. It's open-handed generosity in unselfish and faith-filled giving, flowing from a willing heart and magnanimous spirit that inspires others to give with equal courage. You see, that's what courageous generosity does. Not only does it help whoever or whatever group or whoever it is that you're being generous to, but it also inspires others to do the same thing. Talking about courageous generosity this morning. Courageous generosity. A key verse here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, looking at verse 2. 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, looking at verse 2. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It's, let me start at verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God. We're talking about the grace of God. All right, bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So we're, Paul is writing to these churches in the Macedonian era, area, okay? There's a few churches here that are just tremendous givers. Verse 2 says that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Another version puts it this way. It says fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. But the trial, listen to what it did. The trial actually exposed their true colors. How many know trials will expose your true colors? Come on. They were incredibly happy, though these people at this time were desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. In their time of affliction, they had a revelation. The only way for true peace, the only way to even get out of the situation, the only way our circumstances will change is through courageous generosity. Now you might say, what in the world? That doesn't make any sense. That's not what Warren Buffett would tell you to do. That's not what the Donald would tell you to do. Come on, it's not what Bill Gates would say. It's not what the Rockefellers might say. But the one who not only owns it all, the one who created, made formulated, fashioned, and breathed it all is telling you the way to do it, the formula to do it. And so today I want to talk to you just a little bit about the faith of courageous generosity. The faith of courageous generosity. So let's go on a short journey here. Turn in your Bible to Habakkuk. Yeah, through your little curveball there, Habakkuk. You might say, where in the world is Habakkuk? Well, it's right after Nahum. <laughs> uh, 
Uh-huh. You say, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Nahum. Right after Joel, Micah, Hosea. Find Daniel and go a little further. You'll find it. <laughs> Somebody said, keep it up. It's on page 1373. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Back at this one verse out of here. Habakkuk chapter 2, and I'm looking at verse number 4. It says this, it says, But the proud, behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. We don't like the proud. Look at the proud. Look at him. Soul ain't right. Ain't right. But the just shall live by faith. Old Testament. The just shall live by faith. Now that you spend all that time finding Habakkuk, let's go to Romans. <laughs> That's a little easier. The book of Romans. Chapter 1. Familiar verse of scripture. Now just notice we read an Old Testament verse. An Old Testament passage. Behold the proud. They ain't right. But the just shall live by faith. Romans 1, 17 says this, for in it, he's talking about the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He said, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to what? Faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We read an Old Testament passage and now a New Testament passage. I think the Lord might be trying to tell us something. Go a little further. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians. Paul's book to the, tr- the church at Galatia. He says here, the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3. Look with me at verse 11. But that no one, somebody say no one, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. So you can try, try, try to live right. Come on. Do everything you can in your power to live right, to be a good person, to do things the right way, to live above board. To say nice things to people. Come on. You can try as hard as you want to with all of your might to live right. But outside of grace and outside of God, it says right here, no one is justified by the law. Even if you live by it. No one is justified by the law in the sight of God. It's evident. For the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now, let me look at a couple words here. First of all, the word live. We know what the word live means. But here, what the Old Testament writer, the Holy Spirit, was telling Habakkuk and what Paul is telling these churches, live means to live, move, and have my being. Live, move. In other words, every day, my every breath, 
I shall walk. I shall live by faith. That's the way I live. It's not a one-time event. You know, I, we, we talked this morning about paying off an old debt. And we're talking about doing that by the end of the year. And so, you know, we take up an offering or a special offering, and it's a great thing to do. We do that in churches sometimes, maybe uh, for a, a special uh, a guest or some event or whatever it might be. We're taking up a special offering, and a person gives at one time. But maybe that's the only time they ever give. And by the way, we're not just talking about money. It's just the easiest examples that we can give. You know, it's your time. It's everything. But how many know that courageous generosity, what we're talking about, what Paul's talking about here, the just shall live, that's just a way of life for you. It's a way of life, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. It's a way of life. It's, it's, how, it's who I am. I am a giver. God is the ultimate giver. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Gave. His only I don't know what more you could give. I mean, some of us are tight. You know, it's, it's hard to come up off a few dollars sometimes. But God gave his only begotten son. And now he's reaping a harvest of that because he has many more sons and daughters. Come on. Gave his only begotten son. And so when we talk about live, live. This is, what I, this is who I am. I'm a giver. I give of my time. I give of my money. I give of my knowledge and my wisdom. I'll never forget being a young musician. Well, I call myself a musician. I don't know if many other people would have said that, but, uh, you know, playing in, in groups and, and uh, you know, bands and different things like that. Uh, one of the things, and it's interesting, and you found this especially in church, but just being in bands, you find people who are really good musicians, other keyboard players who are really good. And then, uh, you know, you'd play alongside of them and, and they play these nice, sweet chords or this riff or whatever it might be. And you go, wow, how'd you do that? And they go, well, you know, you just need to practice, you know. In other words, they didn't want to share any information uh, because they know that they were sweet, you know, on the keys or they were sweet on the bass or the guitar. They could do certain riffs. You know, and, and that's me. Now, you go practice and you get yours, and then, uh, then maybe one day you'll have this. But for now, I'm in the spotlight. Just let it be me. And they didn't want to share the information. And uh, I thought it was a shame. Uh, but a courageous giver shares not only their money and their time, but their knowledge, Brother Jeff, and their wisdom and all of that. You're a sharer. You're a giver. That's just the way you are. Now, another word in these verses, uh, because some people may be, may be listening to this and they say, well, that's all well and good, you know, Brother Mike, uh, you know, the just shall live by faith. But listen, they're talking about these righteous people, you know, these people in the Bible. And, you know, she talked about Stephen and uh, we're talking about Paul and Peter. Uh, you know, it's been said that he was crucified upside down. And look how spiritual he was. Uh, th those spiritual people, I'm just not that spiritual. I'm not just. We're talking about these righteous people. Well, we just read something that no one is righteous, and you, you can't be righteous by the law. Come on. You can't be righteous by the law. And so there is none good, no, not one. Jesus said that. None good, no, not one. And so if you're wondering who's just, here's really what that word means. It means to be declared righteous. Nothing you've done. 
You can't do something to become just other than accept the grace of God. That's all you can do. You must believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus. And you must confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead. That's your part in it. Nothing else you can do but receive what God and what Jesus has already done for you. And if you do that, then you, my friend, are just. You are Now, everyone doesn't act that way. Come on. We don't always act just. But that doesn't mean that's not who we are. I mean, I know some fathers that don't really act like a father. Come on. That just means they need to be knocked upside the head a little bit and start acting like who you really are. But it's who we are. You are just. In case you were wondering who's just, I'm here to tell you, you are just. God is talking to you. The just shall live, move, and have their being by faith. Look at another scripture. Let's look over at Hebrews. I just want to establish this as we talk about the faith of courageous generosity. This is not something that I am making up. That's why I want to show you a bunch of different scriptures today. Because I'm not just up here to talk about giving so that you can give more in church. I'll talk about that a little bit in a little bit. This This is not something that I'm trying to get from you. This is something God is trying to get into you. Because he wants to see you grow. Come on. And live the abundant life. Hebrews chapter 10. Look at Hebrews 10. And we're talking about courageous generosity. Look at verse Look at verse 35. Hebrews 10:35. Therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God you may receive the promise. For yet in a little while, and he who is coming will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. There it is again. We just read four times in Scripture. You might say, well, Brother Mike, why do you have to repeat yourself so much? Why do you keep repeating? Oh, talk to God. I mean, we just four times in Scripture, he had the same phrase, the just shall live by faith. Live by faith. That's what you are called to do. And in case you were wondering, you are the just. And you can do this thing. All right, let's turn over to another verse. Go back to Romans chapter 12. I know, we're all over the place, aren't we? It's a good exercise. This is a good exercise this morning. And because I'm getting so much exercise... Good exercise. All right, where are we going to? Romans, Romans chapter 12. Now, you also may be saying, here's something that I I used to do, and God 
God has really dealt with me on this thing uh, because I would see other people and, and how they lived and, uh, you know, and how they would overcome. I mean, I'd hear different testimonies. I, Brother Jim, you gave me a wonderful testimony. Last week we were talking, you know, about a time in your life. And I used to think, boy, I wish those type of things would happen to me. And maybe it's just because I don't have enough faith, Brother Tom. I just, I don't have enough faith. So I would pray, God, give me more faith. Increase my faith. And that might be you this morning. Maybe you're thinking, Sister Andrea, I just don't have enough faith. I mean, I, you know, I keep doing this and doing that, and it's just my faith keeps failing. And so I just don't have enough. I need God to give me some more. Look here at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. He said, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Does anyone here this morning have a traditional King James Version of the Bible? Anybody? If you have that, Brother Eldon, what does that verse say in the King James, the traditional King James? As God has dealt to every man, now I like that translation a bit more. As God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Why? Because that depicts that God has dealt to everyone the same measure of faith. Otherwise, you might think, well, Sister Lois, she got a gallon. I got a pint. Dorothy got a quart. You know, Brother Vincent... He got 17 gallons because he's living by so much faith, and we're all different. But if you, if you believe the Lord Jesus in your heart, by the way, he's talking to the saints at Rome. So I believe that he's talking to the saints. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to you, you and I, the church. If you have accepted the Lord Jesus in your heart, he is king and he is Lord. You have confessed with your mouth, come on, that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. You shall be saved. And if you have done that, then you are just. Not because of what you do. Not because of what you thought about or what you said that thing on yesterday or last week. That doesn't make you just or unjust. That just makes you a person that needs to repent for what you did and keep moving and get back up. That's what that makes you. But you are just and you are righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you'll stop doing the things that you're doing. Realize it first. Don't try to stop it. And then maybe God will say, I'm just. Realize I'm already just. God has already made me just. He's already made me righteous. Come on. Realize that. Then it'll get you out of those things that so easily beset you. Well, we've all been there. Someone tells you they've never been there. First of all, they're lying, so they're there now. Come on. Skeletons in the closet.
You don't have to pray, Lord, give me more faith. What you need to do is start exercising the faith that he's already given you. Don't go in your closet and pray, Lord, give me more, increase my faith. Listen, he's saying, what would you do with what I gave you? Remember he told the parable of the sower? And that's what we're talking about this morning. Faith in action. The parable, what did you do with what I gave you? And even if he did give people different amounts, it doesn't matter. All he's concerned is, what are you doing with what I gave you? What are you doing with what I gave you? That's what he's concerned about. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. This is how the Lord talks. I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. Why? Because I'm able to do exceeding abundantly. Here's abundantly. I exceed that. I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. And that's how I want you to walk. Because the just shall live, move, and have their being by faith. And if you are a person this morning who doesn't think you're just, then I want to tell you something. Uh, you're giving God a slap in the face. Come on. Because Jesus said, I came that you might have life. I died on the cross. I gave my blood. Come on. For the remission of your sins that you might be reconciled unto me. And by my stripes, you are healed. You are just. Now let's start living by faith. How do we do that? God gives seed to the sower. No better way to put your faith in action. I'm just talking about one facet of the walk of faith because faith is a walk. We can't please God without faith. Can't please him without it. One facet of it is sowing seed. You might be a hoarder. You might be a person who gathers and gets and wants to save. But the kingdom way is to sow. Come on. You are a Macedonia church here this morning. You are one of those churches. You are Philippi. You are Thessalonica. You are one of those churches this morning. Come on. Somebody say, I'm a church at Macedonia. Let me hear it again. I'm a church at Macedonia. That's who you are. You are a God is a giver. It's in his DNA and it's in your DNA. It's in your spiritual DNA to be a courageous giver, to walk and live and move in courageous generosity. Because you know something, you know the other part of, in fact, here, turn to what, Genesis. Go back with me. Another, I know we're going all over the place, but I just want you to see it. Genesis chapter 8, I believe it is. Genesis 8, and you'll see right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. Start at verse 21. 8, Genesis 8, 21. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. This is right after Noah. He said, 
then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing uh, as I have. He's making a promise here. And then he says this. He says, while the earth remains, what? Seed time and harvest. They go together like hand in glove. Seed time and harvest. There's no seed time without a harvest time. Come on. And if you get that revelation, you will never be stingy with your seed. Because the sower realizes that God is the one that gave them the seed in the first place. Courageous generosity. Sowing seed and harvest. Sowing seed and harvest. The courageous giver, the one who flows in courageous generosity, realizes that there is seed time and harvest, and it's God's law. And then the second thing is they, they believe in the seed, simply because they believe in God, and they believe in his way of doing things. It's a kingdom way. Next time you go up to Starbucks and, and, and pay for something, and they ask you who's paying for it, tell them Macedonia's paying for it, because I'm a giver. Well, where's Macedonia? Kingdom. Come on, I move in the kingdom. God gives me the seed, seed time and harvest, and I believe in the seed. I have faith for the seed. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by, not by sight. Seeds are one of nature's mightiest miracles. They have the force of life in them and have great potential to become even greater miracles. God has just given you the answer to your prayers. If you've been praying for more faith, he's, he, he hasn't said I'll give you more faith, but he's given you the answer to your prayers. If you're in a tight situation financially, God has just given you the answer to your prayers. If you're having trouble in your relationships because you're just not feeling the love, God's just given you the answer to your problem. Come on. Seed time and harvest. You want a great harvest, you have to sow some seeds. You want to receive love, you're going to have to sow some love. Now that's contrary to the way the world works. It's contrary to the way my flesh works. Because believe me, when I walk around in the office or wherever it might be downtown and I see someone not showing me the love, my first instinct is, you don't want to speak to me? I'm not going to speak to you. Come on, I, I'm the only one in the flesh that's ever... Come on, you're going to treat me that way? That's fine with me. You go about your business, I'll go about my business. And that's just the way it is, no problem. Someone wants to show me the love, I'm the greatest lover of all. I love people. But you don't want to show me the love? Hey, I don't feel sorry for you if something bad happens. Come on. But God in the kingdom way is not that way. Oh, I know that hurts your flesh, doesn't it? It hurts mine. Because I certainly, you know, bless those who curse you. And pray for those that despitefully use you. That's the kingdom way. Why? Because seed time and harvest. You, 
if you, we need to realize that you are realizing a harvest today of seeds that you sowed last year at this time. Seeds that you, you sowed in January. Seeds that you sowed back in March. Now you're, you're reaping the harvest of that, whatever seed that is. Why? Because as long as the earth remains, what? Seed time and heart is going to happen. It's a law spoken from the mouth of God. And he said, my word never returns to me void. Just as the water comes from the sky, come on, to water the earth and bring up fruit. My word goes out and it accomplishes what I've sent it to accomplish. And he said, as long as the earth remains, there is seed time and harvest. And so you're realizing the harvest of things you've sown before. So you said he gave you the answer. What's the answer? Well, if you want to realize a harvest next month, six months from now, next year, you need to begin to sow today. Come on. That includes everything. That includes your money. That includes your time. That includes your knowledge, your wisdom. So love into relationships, forgiveness, all of those things. You want to reap a harvest of all of that? It's time to sow. Generous, generosity faith believes a few things. It believes, first of all, that God supplies the seed. That's what we have to know. We have to understand that it is God who's supplying the seed. This is not seed that we're making up on our own. Generosity faith believes that God supplies seed to the sower. Come on. You know in 2 Corinthians 9, God supplies the seed, but that's number one. He said, what does that mean? To fill up, complete, raise to full capacity, to provide fully, to plate at one's disposal, to provide enough, to provide more than enough. That's the supply we're talking about. God supplies the seed. Believe that. Believe that. He's the supplier, and he will multiply the seed. Then generosity, faith, sows the seed. If you believe that God supplies the seed, you can't keep it. Why would you go to Lowe's and buy some chrysanthemum seed? What's that seed? Chrysanthemum. I don't know all the flowers. What's, the, what's another flower that you got? Tulips, daisies. Tulip. Yeah, that's easier. I should have thought of that. Why would you go to Lowe's or wherever it is to buy that seed, bring it home to your house, open up the cabinets, put that seed right up there in the cabinets, then close it up? What's that seed going to do? Nothing. That's absolutely right, Sister Patty. Nothing. You just wasted money. But here's the thing with this. God's the one who supplies the seed. Are you going to waste God's money? You going to waste God's seed? Woo! That's something to think about right there. He supplies it, and the sower sows it. Now, I can't be more simple than that. He supplies it. All I got to do is sow it. We need a faith for sowing. There's a law of sowing. We just read it in Genesis, seed time and harvest. Come on. And then we must believe this. Generosity faith believes that God is the one that waters the seed. 
We have to believe that God is the one that waters it. See, this, you, you might think as we're talking about faith that I'm talking about you. You know, all the things that you have to do so that you can prosper and all of these things and it all come, money cometh to me now, you know, and all of those things. And while God is blessing you, the purpose, that's why last week we talked about the heart first. Because the heart has to be right first before you're blessed. Because we're talking about generosity. That's really what we're talking about. We're talking about giving. When you sow, you receive a harvest to give. And as you do that, you increase. You can't help but bask in the overflow. Come on. You can't help it. You believe that God waters the seed. We must believe that it's the Lord. Reminds me of a story where a young boy and his father went into a store. And in that store, there was a big barrel of gumballs, big barrel of candy, gumballs. And the uh, man working there at the store, the owner, knew this boy's father, and they were there talking, and he saw the young, uh, young boy eyeing the big barrel of gumballs, Brother James, you know, like a young kid will do. And he said, you know what, uh, you, can have, you can have some. Just reach in there and grab as many as you want, and, and you can have those. Don't even worry about paying for it. That's, you know, I see you eyeing them. That's just your blessing for today. So the boy stood there. And he just looked at it. And the man said, no, I'm, I'm serious. I won't, you won't get in any trouble. I'm here. Your dad's right here. I own the store. Go ahead and reach in there. And the boy just kind of stood there and looked at it. And then the man said, oh, well, here, he, maybe he's a little afraid. He's a little shy. So the man reached in there and grabbed a bunch and gave it to the boy. And his father was a little upset with him. He said, why come when he told you to uh, reach in there and grab it that you wouldn't grab uh, some of the gumballs. He said, because his hands are bigger than mine. <laughs> oh, we can, re we can try to get our own seed. We can make up our own seed and try to do our own thing. But we must believe that God is the one who supplies it. His hands are a little bigger than yours. Come on. <laughs> it's a little bit bigger than yours. God is the one that supplies the seed. He waters your seed. He causes it to grow, and then he brings the harvest. There is no reason for us not to sow the seed. And this is, listen, I know you, sometimes you may not feel like it. I just don't know. It just doesn't feel right. But we don't serve God by a feeling. You are born again not by a feeling but by a fact. I know many people have said, I went up to the altar and I just, I gave my life to the Lord, but I, I don't know, I just didn't feel any different. Well, praise God, you may not feel any different. God's not dealing with your feelings. This is a fact. You are saved now and born again by faith. For by grace you are saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So God gives us faith. And we need to exercise our faith. Faith comes by hearing. It comes, it comes. We don't make it up. It must come from somewhere. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Does anybody know what the Greek word there for word is in Romans 10, 17? It's rhema in this particular situation. Rhema. Rhema means the breathed word of God. So it's just not listening to somebody read the Bible. I heard the word of God. I heard the logos. 
No, it's the rhema. God speaking to you. You have to get in. You have to pray. You have to read his word and allow God to breathe life into you. And when you receive that revelation, faith comes to you. God's faith. When you said yes to Christ, you received it. You received it. We said the just shall live by faith. How often do you live? Oh, wait a minute. I know. Uh, Halloween. That's living right there. You live. Thanksgiving. I know you live on Thanksgiving. What about Christmas? Do you live that day? Labor Day? How often do you live? Every day. All day and all night. Hopefully. You might be asleep, but you're still living. The just shall live by faith. God gave, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I heard the word of the Lord. I believe that you are the Savior. I believe it in my heart. I confess it with my mouth that God raised you from the dead on the third day. Faith comes. You have faith. Now it's up to you what to do with the faith. Are you going to sow and reap harvest so that you can sow more and reap more harvest so that you can sow more? and reap more harvest? This is the kingdom way. Or are you going to wallow? Well, I just don't know. I'm just not a just person. I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain. I'm just trying to make heaven my home. I'm just trying to do it. Come on, that's the way you're going to move and walk and slap the Lord in the face? Pick your head up. God has made you. He said, don't, in Romans 12, don't think of yourself more highly than you are. That just means don't think of yourself outside of God. It doesn't mean don't think of yourself highly. It just means don't be arrogant. Don't think you're something without God. Because you are a child of the king. You are valuable. He created you to be somebody with a purpose. Come on. No matter what anybody else says or what anybody else does. Faith is an action word. We need to exercise it. The law of sowing and reaping and the Lord Jesus has done it all for us all we have to do is exercise what he's already given us the Lord Jesus wrapped himself in flesh because he saw the heart of man before he created man that'll mess you up before he created you he already saw the heart of man he already knew every sin that you would commit. He already knew every thought that you would have. People that are not even born yet, their children, he already knows. Come on. I'm talking about stuff that'll blow your mind. But 2,000 years ago, he died on a bloody cross for a generation that's not even created yet. He sees the end from the beginning. And he died on the cross for you. In Romans it says to everyone. Somebody say everyone. everyone. Now say I am everyone. The just includes you. The just includes you.